Welcome to the Nativist Podcast, where we tap into our instinct and natural power to live intuitively. The ultimate goal is to leave the world healthier and more beautiful than we found it. It all starts on the individual level by cultivating our mind-body connection. Whether you're on a healing journey or just want to look and feel your best, I hope by the end you feel a little happier, a little more inspired, and a little more invested in yourself and the world. Please remember to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. Thank you. Welcome to the latest episode of the Nativist Podcast. And guess what today is that I totally spaced. I didn't know until I saw my memories on Insta. And apparently today is the fourth anniversary of the Nativist. Been at it for four whole years what a ride. Thank you for listening, for being a part of that. That means a lot to me. I know that those words sound so hollow and empty because I feel like they're said so much, so it's hard to truly convey how much they mean, but the repetition of them does not diminish the meaning of them. Really, I mean, gosh, it's just for you to even take five minutes, five seconds of your life. Time is important. For you to spend any of that listening to me, that is a big deal to me, at least. Maybe not to you. You might like click out of this in two seconds, but even just that you're listening to this right now, that means a whole lot. So thank you so very much. And that being said, let's kick it into gear and talk about today's episode, which is about expectations. And this is something I've wanted to do a podcast episode on for a while because it's a big part of our lives and we'll get into I mean I'm not even going to be able to cover all of the facets of it because there's so much to it and I've kind of had some shorter episodes if you've noticed but I do want to touch on some of the different facets and get a pretty good capture of it so there's this quote that really does capture it expectations are premeditated resentments right think about it And one of my favorite podcasts is Armchair Expert, mega fan. And I think he said it a few times, but Dak Shepard, the co-host on there, gives a great example of expectations and how they can really tank our day and more than that. So, for example, he talks about how let's say that you are getting ready to travel and just before you're about to board the plane, you get a notification that says you are going to arrive like an hour early. You're pumped. You're like, yes, that way I can fit in this and this and this. I'm going to get there even sooner than I expected. And I'm going to be able to do whatever because of that. I'm going to be less tired. I'm going to whatever. These thoughts start running through your mind and you start getting stoked because life is going to be a little bit better. And so you have that at the forefront of your mind, right? So you get on the plane Life starts happening, things come up, you have to taxi on the tarmac for a while or whatever. You end up getting landing at the same time as originally anticipated. So you don't get there earlier. But just because, even though it's the same time that you had thought for longer than you thought it wasn't, just because you're not getting there earlier, like you had temporarily expected, all of a sudden, you can get upset just because of that, just that fleeting expectation because they had said, oh, we expect to actually get there sooner. 
all of a sudden that changes everything for you, right? Or it can, I won't speak for everybody, but generally speaking, it really can. Or just little expectations that can pop up. And then all of a sudden, they change your whole outlook and perception and mood often, right? So think about the power of that. Think about the power of expectations and relationships and life overall. And I often think about expectations in social interactions and how people expect to follow a script. So if I say this and you say this, and even if it's not genuine or whatever, that's just what you say. If I am feeling this way, you're supposed to act this way. Or especially if you get the passive aggression in relationships and it's like, well, no, they're supposed to like dig for it. I remember this guy that I was dating would get upset because I'd constantly ask him, like, how's your day? Or, you know, just basic questions. And he always kind of kept it surface. And I could tell that there's more to it. But I'm also of the mind that I don't like to pry. I'm a private person and I can be very guarded too. So I never want to pry because I don't like when people pry with me. So I just kind of let him ease into it. I'm like, okay, well, when he feels more comfortable, we'll get there. So then finally, I think I addressed it. And I was like, are you ever going to actually give like an honest, genuine answer? You know, are you going to let me in a little bit? And he's like, well, no, that's your job to keep asking enough to break down those barriers. And I said, no, no, no. It's your job to break down the barriers. Those are your barriers. It's your job to let the love in. And I mean, that sounds cheesy and that applies to relationships and friendships and whatever, just as we move through life with our fellow human beings. It's not others' job to force the light in. It's our job to let it in. We got to take ownership of our barriers and what's blocking the goodness and the growth and all of that. That's us and we're accountable for that. And that's part of the expectations. And expectations can be both optimistic and pessimistic. With this we know, right? And they can directly color what and how we see and whether we realize it or not. And I mean, you've heard, you might have heard the expression, if you think that every problem is a nail, that's all you will see. Or if all you have is a hammer, every problem you see is a nail and requires a hammer. And that kind of speaks to what I'm saying. But our expectations and our mindset directly colors and influences what we see. It's wild just how cognitively we can just completely dismiss and ignore and not even consciously see and perceive what's actually there because we're so tunnel visioned on something else. We're filtering it through whatever filter we have, pessimistic, optimistic, whatever. And it can be okay to want something, but it can be problematic when you feel you need it to happen. When you tether your sense of welfare, self-esteem, peace and happiness on that thing, to that thing happening, that I need this to happen for me to feel okay. I need my partner to be more supportive or to do whatever. And sometimes it can be hard to tease out codependence from just healthy social dependence or social interactions and engagement because we're social creatures and we rely on each other. And our mental health has a pretty big social aspect to it. Back in the day, our survival depended on social acceptance. If we were cast out, we were tiger bait. We were done. So there's a part of that that's just how we're wired, but it can be a slippery slope too. And like I said, we have to take ownership of our side of the street and take ownership of what we actually need 
And sometimes that can be hard to differentiate between what we think we need and what we actually need and attending to those needs ourselves, right? And that can be tough too when it comes to relationships because I'm independent and I've always been independent and even more increasingly so, I'm just so happy to be single. And that kind of in a way unnerves me because I'm like, I feel like I should at least want to have a partner and I have in the past and maybe I will in the future. This is just my current mindset. But and I think it's important to to be self-sufficient. I guess that's where I'm going with this is self-sufficiency, being self-sufficient and not needing other people and being okay with yourself and what you can provide for yourself socially, mentally, physically, all of that. But I mean, we live in a world with other people. And so that needs to be taken into consideration. And there needs to be balance and boundaries. And we'll get to boundaries later. Expectations of ourself can add unnecessary pressure to us. It can really feel like a chokehold. I know I personally, if I beat myself for myself up for not meeting a certain expectation, I realize it's some arbitrary expectation that I set in my mind. Like, and they're pretty broad the expectations I set in my mind like for example I want to be the friend that always knows exactly what to say I want to be the employee that always gets it right every single time you know that one person who somebody's going to say oh yes they always do it right or how do they always know or how do they always know or how do and I just start spinning out on these expectations I'm internally holding myself to and then shockingly don't meet them and then all of a sudden I just feel so let down and frustrated with myself because it's some bullshit expectation that I set that wasn't grounded in reality. And it's good to have standards for yourself and to hold yourself accountable and to strive and push yourself. That's good, but not these arbitrary expectations, again, that aren't grounded in reality or reason. And so we have to remember that when we do that to ourselves, that we're not adding pressure that's just going to derail us from what we actually could accomplish and from soaking up our wins. And just, at least for me, I think what's the best advice for anybody is just what resonates with you. And certain things resonate with different people because it brings us, we need different things for balance. Certain things, what's going to resonate with me won't resonate with you because we need different ingredients to achieve balance. So at least for me personally, you know, it helps to just relinquish and release those expectations and just try my best, but just let that be enough. Also part of this law of attraction. I believe in dreaming big. I believe in not limiting yourself. I think there really is something to energy and the law of attraction. However, I also do think there can be a fine line between that and delusion. I think expectations should also be somewhat grounded in reality. Distinguishing between realistic and unrealistic expectations is key. So as Steve Lynch notes, might not know who Steve Lynch is, but he has a good point to make. So let's hear it. The expression should actually be phrased as unrealistic expectations are premeditated resentments. There's the pivot. The expression should actually be phrased as unrealistic expectations are premeditated resentments. It's hard to get away from expectations. It's just kind of our cognition and how we're neurologically wired and how we're going to function in the world. So it's not quite right, I think, to say don't have any expectations, but we need to modify them and just be more discerning about which expectations we have. 
And part of this is remembering there are countless factors at play beyond our control, especially when it comes to people. People aren't always privy to your expectations and what you want need from them. And even if they are, I mean, sure, it's good to be selfless. And and that's a whole other debate if there are any true selfless acts. But you can't really expect people to act against their interests. And there's so there's so much going on in my mind, in your mind. And there's a foreign term for this. And I can't remember what it is, but just basically that everybody has their own rich interior just as active and textured and rich your mind is and your hopes and dreams and thoughts and past and future and everything that's swirling around in your head, that's going on with somebody else. And that's important to remember too when we're getting frustrated with people, unmet expectations and fears and insecurities and all of that, they have all of that going on too. And just as ardently as you can believe in something, they can believe in the opposite. They can match that ferocity and that vigor of thought and belief and so just because it's not yours and it's opposite and it's hard for you to wrap your head around that they can believe in it just as much and people remember often won't know what we want and need unless we communicate it communication is vital here and so that's how we're going to bridge that gap is if we let them know and even then Even if we do let them know, it doesn't mean that we're necessarily entitled to having our expectations met and communicating expectations. Oh, this can be tough. This requires vulnerability and that's not easy. But here's a question for you. Would you rather risk vulnerability or live in resentment? You know, I love my would you rathers. I ask them every Wednesday on social media. So I'll I'll ask that again. Would you rather risk vulnerability or live in resentment because one has hope and potential, the other does not. One risks disappointment, the other ensures it. One gives the chance for fulfillment, the other prohibits it. And also part of that part, you have your own wants, needs, hopes, visions, interests, fears, insecurities, ideas, thoughts. And like I said, so does the person next to you and everyone else around you has their own, some compatible with yours, some conflicting, or trying to accommodate all of that. That's a chaotic world. And so we just need to remember that too. And this also applies to people we admire. This gets into the territory of idols and putting people on pedestals. We must let them be human. Like Adam Grant suggests, I love Adam Grant and I love his podcast, Work Life, and I need to read his book think again but I'm a big big fan of Adam Grant's he's an organizational psychologist and so back to what he says admiring people for specific strengths which reminds you they have weaknesses too is the key because if you just put them on the pedestal just generally put them on the pedestal and then just insist they stay there you're just locking them into that but if you break it down and admire and admire them for specific strengths this reminds you of their humanity This humanizes them. This reminds us that they have weaknesses too. They're entitled to being human too. Knowing they have vices puts their virtues in reach. So we got to give each other space to be human, even our people we really admire and respect. And in all of this, psychology is very important to remember here too. Our biography becomes our biology and vice versa. Our early relationships, especially with our caregivers, affects 
our later relationships and how we perceive and navigate the world. For example, if you're used to chaos, instability, and conflict, this will likely form and influence certain expectations and your relation to those expectations, your reliance on those expectations. Awareness is vital here with so much. Awareness of you, your fears, your triggers, your wiring, your expectations, your hopes, your relationship to those expectations and hopes and dreams and fears and all of that. Realize you are not powerless. We are not powerless. You have power here. You can mold and mitigate your expectations. We can't control the world. We can't control the people in it. And it may feel tough to control how we initially react, but with patience, effort, and likely guidance, therapy, and awareness, we can change how we respond. And that's what ultimately we have power over, our response. So when we're disappointed or somebody doesn't do something that we think they can or should or would, how we react and how it quote unquote makes us feel is up to us. I mean, it may trigger a certain emotion, but how we respond and how we accept that emotion, that is up to us. We have to take ownership and accountability of that. And let's talk about, oh gosh, so much, we're almost done, but there is still so much more to talk about. Charity with expectations. So when we do good deeds, when we're expecting reciprocity or we're respecting a certain response, gratitude, and I have to remind myself of this, that's not quite charity. That's giving with expectations and that's not quite it. Would it be nice if people gave us gratitude, thanked us, acknowledged us? Yeah, it would. It'd feel great. And that's something I've kind of struggled with lately too with friends I feel haven't been there for me. And that's, that can be slightly different because there needs to be some give and take and it can't just be give, give, give. There does need to be some reciprocity there. But doing things for people, especially those isolated good deeds, they're not entitled. You're not entitled to a certain response. Again, it'd be nice if you got it, but you're not entitled. And you can act accordingly. That's when you can set boundaries. And if, you know, it keeps happening and it's not just an isolated incident, communicate ideally, let them know, you know, you're a little disappointed or your feelings got hurt. But you know what I mean? Like a friendship, relationship, whatever. There needs to be balance. And if you feel like it's one-sided or imbalanced, communicate. And if communication doesn't resolve it, boundaries and distance, I would advise, should come into play. So that needs to be kept in mind. And also when we're doing good deeds, especially giving money with friends or with anybody, I highly advise unsolicited advice. I highly advise to just make it a gift instead of alone with friends because it's so easy to slip into that resentment realm because then you start to judge. It's easy to judge how they're spending their money. Like I just gave you money because you were crying poverty and then I see you out at the bar or I see you dropping money on this and Again, that's, they're on their own journey. I mean, there can be, shopping can be an addiction and there can be a void they're trying to fill. Mental health is a big aspect of that. And you have no control over that. And that's something that they're wading through. And I mean, we all have our shiz, right? So that's a good way to destroy friendships is to loan money. So gift it and then don't expect to see that money again. 
they do repay it, awesome. But it, I just counsel strongly, and I really hate unsolicited advice. But I guess this whole podcast is unsolicited advice. I'm actually going to do podcast on unsolicited advice. But here we are. And here I am dispensing advice, unsolicited advice. Okay. I also want to touch on boundaries yet again, as I often do. Expectations go both ways. Boundaries are integral, so important for establishing healthy expectations and discouraging resentment. We got to set clear boundaries on what we expect from others and what they can expect from us or should expect from us. Not setting boundaries teaches people what to expect from us. And that's usually not in our welfare and is rocket fuel for resentment. And that's, gosh, boundaries, man, just comes back to boundaries, boundaries and balance. I'm always saying balance is the key to life and boundaries facilitate that, facilitate balance. So if you're feeling unappreciated or you're feeling like your needs aren't met, check your boundaries. Do you need to make some? Do you need to set them? Do you need to enforce them? It's okay if you struggle with it. Boundaries are tough. They're not supposed to be easy. And please don't check out and be like, oh, I'm a people pleaser. You know, they're just hard for me. Keep at it. Keep at it. If you don't want a life of resentment, keep at it. That's how you're going to get to fulfillment. And think about all the times that your life diverged from your expectations and turned out even better. So if we can just let go and surrender and release, I mean, I think that, again, comes back to balance. You can't just throw it all into the wind and just totally take your hands off the wheel. I think there needs to be an active component to it. But I mean, you can do what you can do. And sometimes things turn out even better than you even hoped, dreamed, designed, wished for. And so that's important to remember too. Stay hopeful, but don't rely on that. And we're all working with different ingredients too. No two people are made the same way. Sometimes we bump up against each other's edges. Communication and gratitude possibly are two most important tools. I mean, what's an effective dissolver of expectations or resentment? Gratitude for what we have. Feel your feelings. It's okay to feel angry, upset, frustrated. Those are signals and shouldn't be toxically and prematurely glossed over and shoved aside. They should be explored, forced, or faced, not forced, faced and addressed. But it's important to treat them as visitors and signals rather than permanent residents. And to assess what we do have, take inventory of that and what we're already working with and how we can make do with what we have and how really just in this moment right here, right now, it's enough. You're alive. It's enough. You're enough. What you have right now is enough. And thank you for listening to this. And I hope you have a fantastic day and peace and blessings. 